I'm going to read them. What's up to all our sidekicks and hench folk out there in the geek nation. You're currently tuning into the cult pop podcast live stream, AKA spoiler alert episode 738, where we will review the past week's comics as well as talk about some pop fun, pop culture topics for your listening and viewing pleasure. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, owner of Johnny Destructo's hero complex located at 4327 main street in Maniunk. Uh, Brian and Len are not here this week. So you just have our beautiful mugs, and also this beautiful mug, uh, to enjoy today. Um, Len, tell the people something. Yes. Um, I would tell you something, but you, JD, has just announced to you that myself and Brian are not here, so therefore I will say nothing more. Did I say Brian and Len? (laughs) Uh, Brian and Noel will not be here. Uh, Len is here. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's here. <laughs> Fooled you. Uh, boy, is there egg on your face for believing me. <laughs> Idiots. Len, tell the people something. <laughs> oh, God. We are off to a great start this <laughs> This morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but hey, let's not prolong this any longer. Let's get right into the comics. Yay! Yeah, baby. Comics. Uh, let's see. Well, what are we going to start with? I'll tell you. It'll be uh, Basilisk number one from Ooh. Boom Studios, written by Cullen Bunn, with art by Jonas Scharf. Who can stop the Chimera? Five individuals bound by a cult-like hive mind. They terrorized small towns with their horrifying supernatural sense-based powers, leaving death and destruction in their wake. Regan, one of the Chimera, escaped and has been in hiding with her murderous eyes bound, overcome with guilt. Until now, when a victim from her past forces her to hunt down the other four of her kind. Um... I'm going to bring up the little, we're going to, we're going to screen share. We're going to bring up Basilisk number one. We're, we're going to bring up Basilisk number one. <laughs> we're going to click share. We're going to do share screen. There we go. Allow. A little peek behind the sausage. There it is. Basilisk number one. So uh, to be honest, um, when I was ordering this in previews. I, I saw the covers mm-hmm. on previews. There was a couple of different variant covers, as is pretty common these days. Every comic has variant covers. And right. uh, it immediately grabbed my attention in previews. I saw it. I went, what's that? And okay. uh, I saw, oh, Colin Bunn. I generally like him most of the time, I guess. Uh, but the, really, it was the, the art style, um, the, the text, you know, the... 
the font. The, yeah, the, the, the text the, treatment. Was was it this? Was it this variant cover or, or that grabbed your attention? No, it wasn't. That's, it was another mm. one, which was just a close up of the woman's face, and she's got the the shroud in front of her eyes. Mm. Um. So anyway, I was like, oh, we'll try this out. And I did. I did check it out. And I thought it was actually really, really interesting. It's probably one of the most um, interesting things I've read from Colin Bunn. Um, the, the thing I always think of from him is, like, he did a run on Scarlet Spider, Maximum or Minimum Carnage, and stuff like that. And they're right. always just kind of fine. Um, is, is, what, what else would I know Colin Bunn from, Len? Do you know? I'm, I just know the name. I've seen right. his name, like, out there, but I can't like put my finger right? on like oh this is yeah this is the definitive colon bun so no i, I don't even know uh, know let's see colonbun.com i write comics for oni press the sixth gun the damned and the tooth marvel comics wolverine spider-man season one and fear itself um oh star wars darth maul okay okay all right so he's oh and harrow county Ooh. oh harrow yeah county. yeah there it is. That's the one. That's the one where I, oh, I know that. They, they are, okay, that's the definitive colon bun right there. Yes. Harrow if County. If anyone right. out there hasn't read Harrow County, you should, and you like good horror comics, like mm-hmm. a, I would say light horror. Just like kind of like this is maybe sort of a light horror book. Um, I thought this was great. Uh, I, I will say that the uh, introduction that I read, the solicitation that I just read just now, gave me a little bit more information that I think I didn't really get in the book. Including okay. the name of the Chimera. Okay. The, the overall, the, the, the sweeps of story I kind of got. I was like, oh, okay, I get what's going on in the story. But things like, I didn't know they were called the Chimera. Right, um, right. But, Some of the uh, little details. Yeah. But overall, the big, the big things that you need to know are all, I think, basically in this book. And flow together really interestingly. Um, uh, the information is revealed um, at, a, at a good clip. What did you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought this read like a lot of comic books nowadays, uh, um, almost like a an episode of television. And I thought this, along with the visuals, probably had the most television feel of a lot of the comics that I that I've read. Which I'm not against. I'm 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 for it. It drops you right into this world and then it doesn't inundate you with like a whole like exposition dump it kind of like like slowly builds out the world that this is set in and you've got to piece some things together and some things come like you know right out of the blue like you know that the beginning the opening is a very like this very stylized almost painterly um but uh, scene that you can tell mostly because it's like kind of like black and white or like this wash that this is a, a flashback type of thing um, but if you didn't think it was a flashback then you know it when you turn to the page and you're immediately taken to another scene another yeah. art style you know and I'm like okay I see what's going on here I, and once you you know just like any good TV show or comic book. If you know the language of comic books, then you it doesn't throw you off too much, and you can just follow along with it. Um, so I thought it was pretty interesting. It's 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 you said like light hard. It's kind of like light hard, maybe like 
suspenseful build out of this character, this chimera. I thought that the um, the pacing of it was very good from walking through the woods and going to the diner and then being taken captive and the, the whole that whole walk into the end of where we get. Yeah. was very well done. I do think that the end comes like very abrupt. It was like almost like just looking for a place to stop. I was like, well, this is as good a place as any. And it's just like stopped it. So <laughs> yeah. that kind of like, I was like, oh, hold up. That, that don't seem right. But overall, I was still in. The art was very engaging. Got me into it. I liked the storytelling. I um, I find myself more and more when I'm looking at art, I think of the art. Oh, could, I really like this art. I would love to see them do something else. I, and to be honest, almost every time I think that, the, uh, the something else I'm thinking of is Astro City. Because Astro City has a very down-to-earth story to tell about superheroes. And a lot of stories that whether or not they're baked in horror or real life, when it's really grounded, like real-world people like this like this um art is i just want to see them draw astro city but that's just me yeah and it's because i'm so engaged by their art that i wish that they were on something that a, a story and a series that i've been engaged in for over 20 years right. but this was very interesting i liked it it was pretty cool yeah, I thought it was really, really fun. And the art is great. Uh I really like that transition between the um the lead in to mm -hmm. where we are now. Um there was yeah. definitely an abrupt shift uh in art style, but it, oh I think it worked beautifully. And this is really I just really, really like this. It's really evocative, it's really interesting. I'm really curious to see where it's headed. And I, I think the end I think the end was a good cliffhanger. Um, I don't think to me it didn't feel like oh yes this is as good a place as any it just felt like oh this is great we finally get the uh, you know a big shot of the other uh, members of the Chimera mm -hmm. and how well I guess we're gonna have to go get her you know um, I, I thought it was actually a great wrap up uh, for this I, issue I, I guess so maybe maybe it's because that ending looks very like variant cover number three okay. to me that maybe that's why it just looks very just it's as naturalistic as as everything else in this book looks that ending looks very staged Got, and oh, i yes, think maybe sure. maybe maybe that's what like uh drew me out of that yeah. and i but just realized I, I, the entire storytelling motif that runs throughout this issue is the the crow and a close-up yeah. of the crow's eye um and at the very end uh we see that the crow has made its way back to the chimera and is, re I guess, reporting right, what it has right. seen. Um, I did not catch that the first time I read it. That's, oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, pe I did peep that. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot to like about this. And considering that you said that you're not really into or found yourself kind of like hit or miss on Colin Bunn. Yeah. Um, even though it sounds like you're you're all in for Harold County, oh, though. Yes. Um, how did you feel about this? Is this in... Does this feel different enough from the vibe of Harold County that Colin Bunn is showing another side of his talents. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very different. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. This, this is another one that's going to, this will probably cement him and be like, Oh, okay. This is the guy who does Harrow County and also Basilisk. You gotcha. I mean? Those gotcha. would be the two that I remember as on top of minimal carnage from Marvel. <laughs> cool. But, all right. Nice. Uh, let's see what else is up. I'll tell you. 
Oh, Crush and Lobo number one. DC oh. Comics by Mariko Tamaki, one of my favorite current writers, and Aman K. Nahulpan? Nahulpan? Sounds as good as any. Yeah. Crush is the best girlfriend ever. Shut up. In case anyone was wondering, Crush <laughs> is doing just fine, actually. Sure, she recently walked away from her classmates at the Roy Harper Titans Academy and effectively quit being a teen titan in a blaze of glory. And, okay, her relationship with her too-good-to-be-true girlfriend, Katie, is kind of on the rocks. If you want to get all technical about it. Oh, and she recently found out Lobo's in space jail. But that's cool, because he's the fucking worst. Okay, maybe Crush has some stuff... But that doesn't mean she's going to do anything about it. Like, actually go to space and confront her dad and all her problems. Because everything is fine. Right? Uh, that was the solicitation from Diamond Comics for Crush and Lobo number one. Oh, well, Jesus, then why don't we just cut straight to Crush and Lobo number two? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. Gosh. Uh, while you you straighten out your whole share screen thing, I will say hello to the people on the chat. What's up, action figure expert? How you doing? Oh, and uh, Brandon, as who said that hello, I just wanted to say it's nice seeing the original dynamic duo. Have fun. Well, thank you, Brandon. Thank you, brother, and hope you are enjoying your Sunday. Uh, how's the how's the Heather handle? What's up? Going on? How are you guys doing today? My <laughs> great action figure expert. Hi, Brandon. Yay, it's Brandon. Uh, Brandon, did you read Crush and Lobo number one? Because I felt like you might enjoy this. So, uh, as you can tell from the solicitation, Crush is a very specific sort of character. Um, mm -hmm. A teenage girl, basically. It's just <laughs> very teenage girl. And uh, as, as the old members of my show used to say, I was the teenage girl of the podcast. So, this was right up my alley. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it's Pride Month, so DC is doing a bunch of Pride books. I don't know if this was, like, coincidental, and it just, I mean, they were always going to be doing a Crush and Lobo book, or if it was going to be like, hey, it's Pride, let's do a Crush and Lobo book. Um, but this was really, really cute. I liked Crush from the recent, is it Adam Glass did a recent run on Teen Titans and introduced mm -hmm. a newish team where Damien was the leader, and then we were introduced to Crush and a couple other new Titans. And usually... Those runs I don't really care about. The last one I remember was growing up there was a Dan Jurgens reboot oh, of the boy. Titans with very different characters, and those have just whew, into the ether. They've just disappeared. Yeah, um, one of the crises took them out. Yeah, oh, is that what it was? Probably. Um, and uh, but I, I've actually really quite enjoyed the recent run on Titans. Um, mm -hmm. Now we've got Teen Titans Academy, of which I've only read the first issue, but I'm enjoying that. And I, I like Crush as a character. I think she's fun. I think giving Lobo a daughter is pretty fun. And uh, I think if I was a teenager, I would have a crush on this character. You know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. I like I like her aesthetic, her style. Um, but uh, yeah, what did you think, Len? I think cute is the word. I think this is a very cute book it's almost has a bit of a ya type of vibe to it mm -hmm. which there's nothing wrong with that um i think it's fun bombastic uh i'd like that for longtime fans of lobo the book kind of like follows a little bit in, in the 
tradition of the old Lobo miniseries that DC used to release with the introduction of Lobo, where Lobo kind of broke the fourth wall and kind of talked to the audience a little bit. Lobo, I mean, uh, Crush does a little bit of that here. So I kind of, I appreciated that, you know, us old school Lobo fans are like, oh, I see what you're doing here. I see your little homage as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I, I too enjoyed Crush on, in that iteration of Teen Titans. I thought her thought her character to be kind of fun um and i like i didn't follow the the character that that much um but i like this deepening into her situation i love her relationship with her girlfriend katie i love the visuals of her and her girlfriend katie um the very real world um feel and aesthetic to it um without going into any deeper than that um i like even like the the slow doling out of the the um the 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 situation here or the the problem or or you know what's happening in that you know oh my god uh crush unbeknownst to us and her has brought some type of spore down from a battle that we saw in the beginning and it has slowly been making its way through this party that she's at and you know they there's there's a couple of visual clues along the way as to what is happening before everything all comes together in the final pages and you're like ah i i dig that i I like i saw what you're doing there i i dig it um I don't know how well the whole story meshes together, like her dealing with this situation and how this ties into her having to deal with daddy issues with Lobo and actually going to see Lobo. And you know, this is part of a bigger plot on his part. Um, so you can see all of that, you know, you see that train coming down a track, but it's all, and, 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 and that's typical. It's, it's a story we've seen before. So it's all about, do you enjoy the road there? And I enjoyed the road here. I loved all of her interactions. I loved the inter- interactions with her girlfriend, Katie. I loved her interactions with Red Arrow. Um, I thought that was a really, really fun scene. Like, um, just real friends just talking to one another. They just, they, it sounded so natural. Um, I found myself like, oh, wow. This is a cool little book. I like this. This is yeah. pretty dope. Yeah. And I and I like that. Is I also even more appreciate that it's going to be a maxi series. I think it's yes. supposed to be eight issues. It's in and out. You know, let's face it. I don't think. I think Lobo has seen better days, so I don't think he can carry a book by himself anymore. And and as much as I like Crush, I don't think Crush can carry a book. Right. Um, but but you know me, I think the future of of comic books is maxi series anyway. So I liked this just one little story about Crush dealing with herself and dealing with her father and trying and through that lens maybe looking at Lobo in a different way. Sounds like it it promises to be a lot of fun. And the art is great and got me all in. And I'm a sucker for a b- book with good art. And then the writing is good. And, and the, the jokes are funny, but not over the top. I was with it. Yeah, this that's classic Lobo. Look at that face. Yes. Yes. That's a classic Simon Bisley logo face or Lobo face. It, it mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. nailed it. 
Uh, look, I have a therapist. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the comedy I think really works, and I agree. I, all the conversations that were happening with the different characters, her girlfriend and Red Arrow, um, felt pretty naturalistic, and I like the way she talks to the the um, list, uh, the viewer. And mm -hmm. she does even little things like, hey, at least I recycle, because you can see the little recycling in right. front of her apartment. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah, originally, I, I, was, I was like, what is going on with the, the footsteps? Did she step in cake? What, why are there pink footsteps everywhere? And I love that it was, yeah, and she did not decontaminate after being out in space and dealing with a, <laughs> uh, let's see. Which is the whole thing about decontaminating after a battle with an intergalactic creature with a known history of chemical warfare. Uh, I like that she ruined the party uh, mm -hmm. by bringing this like horrible chemical into the situation. But I don't know if I buy, well, maybe I do. That's the thing. I go back and forth. I'm like, I don't know if I buy them breaking up because of it. But then I'm like, teenage girls. I guess I do. Yeah. I, I was a teenager once and boy, did we break over, up over some dumb shit. And then, you know, the next scene or in the next morning, she's, Crush has received a text from Katie saying, uh, you know, let's talk. I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but she, for some reason, doesn't see the text and then goes off to find her dad. So um, I actually quite liked that setup of we have to get the girlfriend out of the way so that Crush can then leave the Earth to go on her, you know, her adventure. Right. Um, yeah, I, it's, it was really well done. I really like this. Mariko Tamaki is killing it. I have not had a chance to read her detective comics run that just started like three issues ago mm -hmm. uh, with Infinite Frontier Detective. And um, it's it's very high on my list of things to try and catch up on just because I like her so much. Right. So, yeah. Uh, highly recommend Crush and Lobo, um, especially if you're looking for some good Pride comics to check out this month. Um, Freaking do it. Yeah, do most it. certainly. Uh, all right. Next up on the docket is... Ooh, the nice house on the lake. Oh, here Number we go. One. From also from DC Comics. This is written by James Tinian the Fourth. Also, you know, he's written uh, Wind W Y N D, which we're going to be doing for my comic shop's book club this Tuesday night on Zoom. So we'll be talking about that. He also has been writing Batman for DC Comics for the past I don't know year. At least, yeah. Yeah. Um, he also does Something is Killing the Children. This dude is knocking it out of the park. I'm really enjoying everything he's writing. And uh, the art is by Alvaro Martinez Bueno. Mm -hmm. The solicitation goes, everyone who is invited to the house knows Walter. Well, they know him a little anyway. Uh, I'm going to delete this from the... There we go. Remove. There we go. I'm annoyed that that was still up. Uh, some met him in childhood. Some met him months ago. And Walter's always been a little off but after the hardest year of their lives nobody was going to turn down walter's invitation to an astonishingly beautiful house in the woods overlooking an enormous sylvan lake it's beautiful it's opulent it's private so a week of putting up with walter's weird little schemes and nicknames in exchange for the vacation of a lifetime why not all of them were at that moment in their lives when they could feel themselves pulling away from their other friends wouldn't a chance to reconnect be nice? Mm. Um, I had no idea what this was, but I was drawn to it because James Tinian and horror. Those are mm -hmm. like the two things. And, you know, I, I have a poster in my store 
that made me go, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. And there's a little bit of buzz about it before it even hit the shelves. So I was kind of excited to check this out. And then Noel, who couldn't be with us this day uh, because he's dealing with a minor medical <laughs> thing, uh, is like, dude, read it before it gets spoiled for you. So, Len, should we spoil the book? Mm, no. No, okay. I was not sure. Um, I didn't think I wanted to spoil it either. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, we'll do our quick take on it. I think it's okay. really well put together. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going I'm to bring up the, the file so you can guys take a, a gander, a peek. The cover is really evocative. Um, and the art is really, really nice. And nice is not the word, right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Nice go is on. not the word. This art is exquisite. It is exquisite in every single solitary way that I love comic books. This, the artwork itself, just the line drawing is almost pitch perfect the storytelling is so smart so assured so um uh uh Profesh. professional yes you're, you're right um the the colors the coloring is 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 spot on the the pace Everything is is in lockstep. The font and its special captions all work in synchronicity with the artwork and the story that it is telling. And this is a story that if you open up the first page, it sets you up for a world that feels a little familiar in comic books, especially over the last four or five years but it is so exquisitely drawn that you're like okay i'm with it it's pacing out all right let's see where it's going and then over the course of the rest of the book you forget all about that beginning because it took you back in time and now it's got your mind spinning because i honestly until opening this back up and going back to the first page for for our review forgot all about that first page and yeah. where that was and i'm like oh that that that's fucking right uh and for all you 21st century comic book readers who like me enjoy myself some Jonathan Hickman this is the way that you put a lot of back matter into your comic book and make it matter make the people read it and actually enhance the storytelling and the experience of what is going on there is absolutely positively nothing wrong with this comic book except that it's not the full 256 whatever fucking pages of the whole story so i could have just kept going yeah this man. was beautiful and i will give a shout out i will give a shout out i do think that the cover is a little misleading um, one because it's not done in the exact same art style of the of the book, um, and I think it sets you up for a different type of read. But that's nothing wrong with that. But I but that's my read on it. But because of that, 
and figuring like thinking in my mind this is the typical horror thing that i for the most part am just not really into and not knowing that it was just going to be me and you i kind of just forgo reading this thinking like ah well the other guys will cover it and i'll be there for everything else but you jd said len read it so i read this book minutes before we we went on air thank you jd yeah because this immediately became well, well this is the best thing i read this week that's what this, i said <laughs> this was really really dope so yeah. thank you my dog yeah, thank man. you very much uh i'm sure you're not going to read any more of it and you're going to wait for the trade paperback <laughs> after this yes nice. um yes i will be reading each and every issue of this series i don't let's, let's see one two three four five six seven eight nine ten i can't okay so there's ten characters right and mm-hmm. They each have a, speaking of Hickman, yes, it's exactly a Hickman-ism that each character has their own little um, like hieroglyph. Like symbol. symbol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if this, since this is book one and the le- the far left hieroglyph is highlighted, if that'll be like an indicator of what issue you're on, if they're going to go boop, 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 and maybe it's oh. a 10 issue series. Um, I could very easily Google that, but I won't. And I'm just going to postulate that that is what's going to happen. Um yeah, man, this is a perfect introduction to a, I guess, kind of a horror story. Um, I will say that, you know, you were talking about that intro. I, I don't know if it was necessary, um, mm-hmm. and it does give a little bit of a way of where the story is headed. But I wonder if, the, if other people kind of need that in order to keep them reading it. Yeah, because you want to know how it got there. Right. Uh, to me, I feel like we could have just foregone that entire intro and just started at people arriving at the house on the lake. Um, or no, um, actually, yeah, okay, the a, conversation it, in the beginning you need. This conversation you need. Yes. And yes. then the house on the lake. I think the other stuff is unnecessary. Um, but Which is really just that first page. It really yeah. is just that first page. Yeah. Right. Um, also, I won't say it on the air, um, but Len, I think there is a hint of what the story is about in this page dealing with the text just the text the nice house on the lake i don't know if you noticed that but um we could talk a little bit i saw it um and yeah talking about john hickman and how he info dumps i I like this much better than a full text page because what hickman would have done is taken all of these different characters with their hieroglyphs and then put it all on one page and you Mm -hmm. have to read all of them but here it is divvied out with the introduction of each character right which i think uh, helps the story flow much much better yes so yeah uh man this was great i am very excited to read the rest of this series um also it in lockstep with pride month again um, we have a character True. here who's trans, and it's very um, subtle, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 spoken about. It's it's pointed out, um, but it's pointed out from the from a character's point of view, as opposed to being like very heavy-handed or anything like that. Um, and it's it is it just puts you in the time of the story that, and also, you know, uh, one of the characters walking up to the, the house on the lake with a mask on, you know, um, puts you, puts you in that, that feel of like, okay, this is, this is today, you know, mm-hmm. um, this is the world in which we are living. Um, so I appreciate it. Just not, not another subtle 
little thing. This, yeah. I mean, it's fuck, man. <laughs> it's just good. It's just good comic books. Yeah, man. James Tinian is killing it. Um, this will be optioned real soon. If it's not optioned yet, this will be optioned real soon. I guarantee. Uh, let's see. The worst dudes, number one. Oh, oh, we're we're start we're starting that downhill slide. Downhill slide. Okay, let's go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I did not read this, but Len did. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let me ask you this, Len: Are you reading Scumbag? I believe it's, no. Is is that Rick Remender's series where each issue is a different artist, and the I believe the so. World yes, rests on the the worst person on it. Right. Right. You're not reading. Yeah, that? I think we read like a couple of issues. I think we read a couple of issues, but I didn't like continue it. Yeah, same. I, uh, I read the first issue and didn't continue it. But there seems to be a a thing happening right now where we have really shitty protagonists. So I'm curious, is that what this is? It's they're not shitty protagonists. I, 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 honestly, I don't even fucking know. It's um, they're not what? shitty protagonists. They're just like like um. You know, by any means necessary, oh, quote unquote, cops in the in this oh. world, this really over the top, insane, bombastic world, um, and I'm not one hundred percent sure of exactly what the end game is here. Um, there's some type well, let, of let me read MacGuffin. The, the so the worst. Yeah, read the solicitation. Aubrey Sitterson with art by Tony Gregori. The book's so dirty, it'll turn your other comics yellow. A dirty cop, a drugged-up backup dancer, and an angsty adolescent god. The absolute worst dudes in the galaxy on a raunch-filled hunt for a missing pop star. It's a hilarious, aggressively weird, willfully vulgar detective story. Boy, boy, oh boy. Uh, Looking at the cover, I go... I'm not interested in that. And then mm. reading this solicitation for the first time right now, I am definitely not interested in this book. Um, yeah. I might be wrong. You know, maybe one of the other guys have read it and they'll, you know, maybe Noel's like, oh, it's amazing. And I'll try it out. But this is, this is not speak to me. I do not give a shit about this book. Just from the solicitation and the cover. Go on. No. Lynn. It's overly aggressive. It's true. Um, it is raunchy, but, but it's raunchy in a, you know how some place, some comic books, because they're, they're set in like a different world. So they try to create like their, their own slang for that world. Um, so this, this book tries to do, do the same thing. And so you can kind of get what they're inferring, but it's just too much. And like, sometimes you can be over the top that you fall off the cliff. And that's what this book, it's so far over the top from its bombast, from the art trying to be 100% strange, from the character design trying to be 100% strange. And it's so, but it thinks that it's being funny Mm -hmm. and being over the top and it's not being funny. It's just being very, off-putting and not off-putting in a way like making you go ill is off-putting in a way that makes you say i just don't care yeah. like you're trying too damn hard this and is, uh, the, the word for this book that i'm getting is edgelord there you go there you go 
right on right on the money and with that there is nothing i just nothing i cared about this i wanted to get done this book so badly um and it's another book that kind of like they just find a place to like a snip an end to it yeah. um it's just it was so stupid it is you know what this is this is adult swim the comic because this oh. is the the worst of adult swim just put oh. into a comic book form it's so i used to love adult swim i used to love aqua teen hunger force and true. c-lab 2021 like the, the first iteration of adults when i used to love that shit true but for every one of those then there would be one of those really dumb over-the-top crazy violent yeah. adult swim things like what was the one about the motorcycle gang or that used no to yeah it's some stupid shit that you know they just didn't fit before 10 o'clock on cartoon network so they threw it into adult swim um and that's what this it's a waste of time don't don't waste your time i'm sorry i, I can be harsh but i don't give a fuck don't waste your time with this this is this is the worst dudes it's the one of the worst comics it's i'm not i'm not gonna bother yeah, uh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. You know, because my time is limited. Having a having a new son. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm glad I did not waste my precious minutes on this one. Uh, I'll take this into your life, bro. Out of body number one. Let's see. I'll bring that up. Boop boop a doop. And do we have a solicitation? There we go. From AfterShock Comics, written by Peter Milligan, and art by Inaki Miranda. Mm-hmm. When Dan Collins wakes to find his life hanging by a thread, he must use his astral projection to discover who tried to kill him. Who is the beautiful mystic who tries to help him? Why does August Frin, Frine, want Dan's soul? And what does it have to do with a demon who seems to be Dorian Gray? A weird occult detective thriller about life, death, and whatever lies in between. And I'll tell you, Len... Uh, I read this speaking, you know, I just said that my time is limited and uh, <laughs> I had to read this last night. I was cramming in a bunch of books and, uh, it was one of those periods where my son was having trouble going to sleep. Um, mm. and, uh, I was like, let me see if I can cram this book in while he's, while we're rocking him to sleep. And, um, I read it. I, re- I read the whole thing. I read every word. <laughs> I want to make that clear. <laughs> And then this morning I woke up, uh, one of the many, many times that my son wakes me up, and I thought, did I read all the books? Yeah, I read all the books. What was that book? I couldn't remember the name of the book. I couldn't remember the plot of the book. There was, there was a section of my brain that said, there was a book that you've read and you can't remember now. It was Out of Body, number one, by Peter Milligan. I have no idea what this book was about. I read it. I read every word. Uh, and then I, I, I picked up I picked up my iPad and I went through it again. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I did read this. I still could not remember what it was about. I remembered this girl. She was she was talking to ghosts. And then this guy was in a coma, I guess. But like he was awake. He knows he's in a he know, he's not he's not a, in a coma, but um, they think he's in some sort of coma. But he's very um, cognizant. He's present. He's, he's aware of what's happening. Right, right. I have right. no idea what's happening here. I don't know who that guy is. Uh, I don't know what's happening here. I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> then his, his girlfriend or wife shows up and gives him a, um, a hallucinogenic, which is actually kind of cool. 
Uh, he yeah. was a little worried. He's like, oh, shit, is my wife about to murder me with this syringe? He's like, oh, nah, dude, it's drugs. Cool, thanks. She does love me. Um, and then he's <laughs> he goes to his memories using that hallucinogenic drug and can't quite get to what happened to him and why he's in this coma or in this position. Um, right. And then this guy shows up. And I went, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like somebody trying to be Grant Morrison with this final image. Um, mm -hmm. I don't care. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I tried. I went through it twice, and I still don't care. What did you think? You know. Well, first of all, I recently, um, like during the day, while I'm doing like uh, a bunch of work, I keep my television on, and I have to always. Uh, I usually don't watch anything that I haven't either seen before. Or something that I really don't care a whole lot about so that I can, it doesn't distract me too much from my work. So recently, when I, just this past week, I was, while working, I had the old TV show Alfred Hitchcock Presents on. And there's an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents where this guy gets into a car accident and he is paralyzed, right? But he's present but he's totally paralyzed. And as people come upon his body, he's trying to get them to realize that he is actually present, but his whole body is paralyzed. So they think that he's dead. And he is like talking to the audience all along while like some guys start rifling his pockets. They start stealing stuff from his car that it, that from his wrecked car um he gets thrown into like the ambulance like the whole situation and he's talking himself through he's like oh my god no i'm still alive i'm still alive and it's like like and first of all that's like the worst nightmare in the world yeah. like people, people can't like beep you right so reading this took me into immediately back to when i saw that episode i was like oh damn this is like every worst horror like i don't I'm not with this, but then there's a moment and, and this whole thing about the girl who could talk to ghosts and, and all this type of stuff. In I the thought comic. Yeah, in the comic book, I thought I was going to like, you know, it just seems kind of interesting, but the book, the story goes back and forth with that story. And it only really goes to the girl, like maybe two or three times. So not enough times that I can really feel involved in her. So I ultimately just didn't care. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I think we're meant to stay with this dude who's in this coma type of situation. And this is kind of interesting because it sounds like a situation that I just saw in Alfred Hitchcock. I wonder if Peter Milligan, who I know is not a younger guy, maybe he saw that episode of Alfred Hitchcock and paying it forward. But then there comes a scene where he, his doctor, who's this black doctor, comes up. Um, and I think he's talking there to his brother or like a friend of his. And the brother mentions, you mean with all this machinery, he die. And the doctor says, oh, my God, it, it's so refreshing to deal with someone with a little medical knowledge. Yes, the machine's keeping him alive, at least until he's able to survive on his own. And that snarky tone from the doctor really made me step back it was like, well, that's not good bedside manner, is it? Right? I but, remember this now. But it continued every time you saw that doctor. She always has something smart to say out of her mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, 
that's an interesting take for a doctor. <laughs> like, cause she's just very smart mouth because there's later where some detective comes up and says, Hey, I want to speak to a doctor. And she says, well, it might su- surprise you to know that I am the attending physician, you know, yeah. and this isn't visiting hours. So you need to get the fuck out. Like, like, I mean, she yeah. doesn't say that, but she more or less, the tone is, is exactly that. Right. So it's just, that took me out. So now I want to follow that doctor, but the doctor leaves. Yeah. And now the most interesting part of the story is gone. And I'm back to this guy in his coma who I really could care the fuck less about. Yeah. Um, so ultimately this was a big nothing burger for me, <laughs> but I want to follow this doctor who I don't think is named. And I, I want her to have a book. Yeah. I don't care about anybody else. Yeah. This is just a, Nothing. That doctor care. scene came out of no. I actually had to read it, reread that scene <laughs> twice because I was like, "Right, what, what, the, what, what just happened? Why did you? You're a, this doctor's a dickhead. What the hell? Is she being sincere? Like, uh, no, she's an asshole. Right? <laughs> just like, what the fuck, man? Now, the second one, the second one, I do. Okay, the first the first snark I don't understand at all. Um, you're, she's talking to the guy's brother, I think. Right, right. And and the the brother has a a brother who's in a coma of some sort, mm-hmm. and she's a complete asshole to him. Um, <laughs> but like the second the, the detective comes in and says, "I want to speak to a doctor," to someone who's clearly a doctor and uh, a black female doctor, from my understanding. Right, like that one I get. I get like, that. Yeah. Yeah. If white yeah. guy comes in and sees a black female doctor and says, I want to talk to a doctor, it's well within her rights to be like, motherfucker, I'm the doctor. Yeah. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But the first one, I was like, you're talking to a patient's kin. What are you doing? That's horrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the only sort of interesting thing that really happens. Besides the hallucinations in the coma, I think was kind of neat. The, yeah, the, I guess. The white yeah, like, Skleets, have some, have some drugs in your coma. It'll make it more fun for you. <laughs> I thought that was kind of neat. But, like, overall, I will not remember this book. No. And I will. I'm not going to bother with number two. Me neither. But but Noel will read it, and he'll tell us how great it is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Do we want to do Thunder Rounds, or should we just call it a day? Well, how's how's things holding up over there in, in Babyville? He's blankly staring at me and kicking his feet. Mm, I I don't know. Do we want to do we want to uh, test things or we want to call it call it a day? I think I think we're good. Okay, we're good. <laughs> all right. Um, I will leave everyone by saying, of the books of this week, I think my two favorites were Crush and Lobo, and then Nice House on the Lake. Yeah, and I think Nice House on the Lake because it's James Tinian. I mean, you're probably wired to enjoy it, but I will tell everybody that it actually is a very good, a very very good comic book so i think you definitely will enjoy it and i think crushing lobo is a surprise because while it is ya it, in nature i think or in in feel um it certainly has enough for you know it had enough for me and i'm certain i'm years beyond ya yeah. and uh, that i really enjoyed it so it was definitely the surprise of the oh, week for me and basilisk was good too yeah just, and basilisk basilisk going back was very to notes, good i'm like oh yeah i like that one too that was good that was good too. Yeah, yeah um, I will say that I, I'm not caring about Heroes Re- Reborn. No, 
Now, I, like I've mentioned before, I think the ancillary issues of it actually are the best, even though the one that I read this week, Double Action, was okay, but it more or less is a retelling of the... Um, Death of Gwen Stacy? The death of Gwen Stacy, except this time, you know, sub they sub in the Falcon. So um, it, it's it is what it is. I do think it's kind of interesting that the the Batman analog of this universe, you know, fights the Spider Man's uh, enemies. Yeah, because I think the the truth of it is. In DC, Batman probably has the most interesting villains in in that universe, yeah. and in Marvel, Spider-Man probably has the most interesting villains. So I think that's kind of just an interesting twist that I, I noted. But I had to keep reminding myself that I wasn't reading a DC comic. Well, I think that's the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. Even though the double action, which is a throwback to older Marvel comics, definitely feels like an older Marvel comic. Um, oh, if you want to help the show out, you can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo and throw some ducats our way. I'm trying to think. I have a bunch of Patreons right, patrons right now. Um, and I was thinking about doing something for them, either drawing up some stickers and mailing them some stickers or maybe mailing them out some shirts just for Ishton giggles. I like the idea of stickers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to figure out what kind of sticker to draw. Um, but yeah, I might maybe, draw up a sticker and, and send them out to you. Maybe draw them Spider Baby. <sighs> Oh, maybe. Um, so, yeah. Oh, actually, comment below. Let us know what stickers I should draw for the Patreon. <laughs> um, that's it. Thank you so much. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. I know it was a short show today, uh, but you only had the two of us. And um, honestly, I was amazed that I got through this much show without my baby having a fit. So, um, let's see. Let's see if I can bring him out. Here we go. Oh, my God. He's drooling all over the place. Whoa. <sighs> <laughs> there he is. There he is. Here's that little chicken nugget. Mm. Ah, ah, baby. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will talk at you later. Oh, real quick. Oh real my quick. God. Oh my God. Yes. We'll get more into it next week. So, so we'll let people, uh, you know, suck it all up. But if you like that baby, check out the baby that just dropped on Friday on Netflix, Sweet Tooth. Oh, I do want to see out. that. Uh, have you out. read the comic book, Sweet Tooth? I have not read the comic book, um, but I really like this. Sweet Tooth was really cool, or as I like to call it, J.D. the Deer. Because... <laughs> I, swear, I, swear, I swear Sweet Tooth reminded me of you. The whole wow. time I was watching this show, I was thinking about you, Tom. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm so curious. I don't have to watch it. Did you read the comic book? Uh, no, I don't care for Jeff Lemire's artwork. Fair, fair. Well, it's uh, not animated, how, so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, depending on how I feel about the show, Whoa. I might go back. Because I know a lot of people have told me it's a really good series. But mm -hmm. Jeff Lemire um, is hit or miss with me, and I, his, his artwork is mostly miss for me. Fair enough, fair enough. But this, this story was very, it's very, very cool. That's what I'm saying. I've only watched Netflix, the first episode, John? so I'm looking forward to finishing it. Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Just dropped on Friday. Hopefully yep. it looks better than that Jupiter's Legacy looked. Well, yes. 10,000 times better. Oh, good, they get good. wigs right. Now, oh, god damn it. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.